Welcome to this week's episode of Walking with the Master. Whether it's your first time joining me on the podcast or you've been with me from the start, thanks for listening. My prayer is that each episode encourages you and challenges you in your daily walk with the Master. This week's episode is entitled, Fully Devoted to Whom? Imagine what that day was like. In Acts chapter 2, we read that 3,000 believed, repented, and were baptized. They comprised the very first church, the first church of Jerusalem. And after that, the Lord added to their fellowship daily. Let's take a few minutes and look back at that first church. All the believers devoted themselves. The word devoted means given over to, ardently enthusiastic and loyal, and placing the needs of the object of your devotion over your own. We often refer to sports fans as being devoted. One of my nephews attended the University of Georgia and became a loyal Georgia Bulldog. As a matter of fact, during his undergrad days, he became so ardently devoted at football games that he painted his bare upper torso red, put on a red wig, sported a letter on his chest, and became affectionately known as W. As together with 11 other devotees, they spelled out Georgia Dogs, D-A-W-G-S, in the bleachers. That could probably be described as a number of things, one of them being devoted. There are degrees of devotion as illustrated by my nephew, but as we read in the book of Acts, those believers were fully devoted. There wasn't anything halfway in their belief were their actions. But the thing that drew them together was not their devotion. It was the one to whom they were devoted. The church today has a lot of devoted followers. But I would contend that in too many instances, our devotion has become misplaced. We have become fully devoted to aspects of our politics or our culture. Our core beliefs have become more centered in our political or sociological orientation than in our theology. And our respective devotions have done more to divide us than unite us. Those early believers were fully devoted to their Lord. They repented and surrendered their lives to Christ and never looked back. In our day, we have too frequently simply added Christ to our lives. We keep on doing many of the things we were doing before we got saved. Those around us may or may not see any difference that Christ has made in our lives. Our identity still remains in our other areas of devotion, unlike those 3,000 who were radically transformed. They knew that apart from the saving work of Christ, all they had was a religion that made little or no difference in their lives. They knew that apart from Christ, they were dead in their sin. They knew that his spirit and his word had pierced their hearts, and there was no going back. Their devotion to Jesus led them to become fully devoted to his word, every word. And one of those teachings from Jesus' words was that they were to love one another. They took Jesus' words seriously when he had said, Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. That word from Jesus meant that if they were going to be fully devoted to him and his word, 
they also needed to be fully devoted to one another. Their devotion led to awe. Their belief and repentance were not about a one-and-done conversion. Rather, they became a day-in, day-out community of believers learning, applying, and witnessing the fruit of Jesus' teachings in their own lives as well as in one another's lives. They saw the power of God working through signs and wonders. The miracles and the life transformation they witnessed never became routine. Rather, their awe led to increased faith, which led to greater awe, which led to even greater faith. Their awe led to selflessness. When Jesus became Lord of their lives, they were no longer the central figure in their own lives. Selfish ambition was abandoned to be replaced by sacrificial generosity. They began to understand that everything they possessed was from God, and none of their possessions were truly theirs. They were but stewards of the gifts with which God had entrusted them. When they began to see themselves as stewards, they realized that the gifts that God had given them were not for self-expression or self-fulfillment, but to fill what was lacking in someone else by meeting genuine needs. They realized that even the grace that God had extended to each one of them was not meant to end with them, but was to be extended to someone else. Apart from selfless and sacrificial compassion, grace would merely end up in storage not an action. It was never our Lord's intention that we fill our barns with His grace, rather that His grace and His gifts be poured out to others. Their devotion to one another and their growing selflessness bonded them in such a way that if one was in need, the others did not feel they had the right to live on in prosperity without giving up something to meet the need. Thus, they sold their possessions and used the money to meet the needs of the poor in the church. Their selflessness led to a contagious joy. Their love for one another was expressed joyfully, not grudgingly. Tertullian was a theologian in the early church, living from 155 to 240 AD. He wrote that the Roman government was disturbed by the early church. So they sent spies to infiltrate and observe worship gatherings. They came back to their Roman leaders with a report that went something like this. These Christians are very strange people. They speak of one by the name of Jesus, who is absent, but who they expect to return soon. And my, look at how they love one another and are ready to die for each other. Jesus said, there is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. And the early church took him seriously. Their love and their joy were contagious. I can't help but consider what those spies would report about us today. We would do well to look within our own hearts and our own local fellowships. If our lives and our faith communities are committed, but not compelling to anyone, we should be asking serious questions about what, or more importantly, who, we're committed to. Are we known for our joy and our love, are we known solely for what we're against? Are we known for our passionate political or cultural stances? Or are we known for our unreserved devotion to Jesus? John Piper writes, Churches are dying today because they are not doing anything which the world 
should look at and say, there is evidence that God is real and that he is glorious. Many churches have forgotten why they exist, namely to meet needs in the name of Jesus so that people will be moved to give God glory. And when a church forgets that it exists for others and for God, it becomes ingrown and self-satisfied and can go on year after year like a social club with a religious veneer. Or I might add, as a political action committee with a religious veneer. In our day, for many, including most professing Christians, God is simply an idea to talk about or an inference from an argument or a family tradition to be preserved. Only for a very few is God a stark, fearsome, stunning, awesome, shocking present reality. Instead of allowing him to shape our devotion, we have allowed our devotion to shape our view and our reflection of him. Where are the followers of whom Luke could say today, devotion, awe, wonder, selflessness, trembling is upon every soul? It is time that we prayed that the Spirit of God would pierce our hearts with the Word of God and a holy, joyful awe would come upon us. And He would be the one seen through our words, our positions, and our actions. It is time for us to become those fully devoted followers of our Lord, His Word, and one another, impacting our communities and the world around us with His presence. This post is adapted from Until He Returns, the sixth book in my Lessons Learned in the Wilderness series. Information on how you can obtain a copy of the book, as well as the full series, or any of my other books, is available on my website, kenwinter.org. Well, thanks for joining me again this week, and have a great week as you walk fully devoted to and with the Master.